You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikenna Okeke of the Father's Church. This message will challenge, encourage, and propel you to fulfill your purpose and live that life that God originally designed for you as revealed in His Word. Be blessed as you listen. saw from Romans 2 4 we said the goodness of God has a purpose the kindness of God is intentional you see if God met us based on justice nobody can be saved that's the truth if God dealt with us as God and as a just God as a holy God what will happen to us is that we'll just be consumed in fact, if it's coming close to us, we'll be burnt up. The Bible says he dwells in unapproachable fire. The Bible calls him a consuming fire. So what does he do? He reaches us in his goodness. Okay? Confident that if we receive his goodness, we'll become good. And then when we become good and receive that goodness, we are transformed into his image. Then we can fellowship with him. The whole purpose of God is that we fellowship with him. So all these things he's doing is to bring us close. Praise the Lord. In Christmas, God became man. So that man can become like sons of God. If God did not become man, from today till tomorrow, it would be impossible for this to happen. But Jesus made the journey, came from heaven to earth, conceived, born of a woman, lived on earth, died and then opened the way so that men can also do what come into godness praise the lord and what's the sole purpose of that so that we can fellowship with him so that god can say look at you and say you're my friend you know what it takes to call someone friend it means you can play together you can enjoy the same hobbies what you like i like what you don't like i don't like praise the lord and talking about friendship with God, I just mentioned some issue that is, you know, recently came up. How many of us watched the World Cup finals? We all saw it, right? Now, let me tell you, if you're a Christian and you have been on and on and on and on and on about good, about sheep, mercy, all of that, I want to ask you, have you worshipped your Jesus 1% as much? Mercy is a man giving skill to play football. The last goal that I saw that played the scored in that match was a ball they took from Messi. How many of us know? That last attack, either that got a penalty or something. Now, what I'm trying to say is this. If you were to ask me today's, you know, standard, who is the best football player, I believe it's Messi. Okay? But I'm grieved by the way people are exalting him. It's idolatry. And for those who are not born again, I can understand they don't know better. But you see, remember the Bible says God, or rather Jesus says, you will give an account for every idle word. Now, if you're a Christian and you have not been praising God enough, not enough, praising him the way, do you know what God, hallelujah. You see, mercy kicks ball around. He can't fly plane. He can't treat heart attack. He's not a farmer. He can't grow the food you're eating. But you're just all about him, all about him, all about him, all about him. What did he do? He entertained you for a few hours. Now, God keeps you alive, gives you breath, 
heals you, wakes you up, makes you to be able to stand, enables you to hear what I'm hearing. I mean, have you exalted? People are quarreling amongst the other. Is Messi, is Ronaldo, is this, is that, is the, the new one, is Bob. Hey, la da da da. Lord, have mercy. Do you understand? Listen, do you know, hallelujah, God is a person. We've learned that here, right? Now, he said, the Lord your God, he is a jealous God. God is jealous. I'm jealous for God. That's one thing I can say. I know that I'm jealous for God. So, I've told us here, even jokes, when you're cracking jokes, just make sure you hallow God. Once I see anything that doesn't hallow God, you've lost me. Because I love him. You understand? Just like those days as kids, no matter how much somebody can beat you, if he says your mother, fight has started. Am I right? Now, God is bigger than your mother and dearer than your mother. If you see me fighting, not physical fight by the grace of God, but fighting anybody, it's because they're not hallowing God. Most times when I stand there, it's as though I uh, challenge and contravene a lot of the things men are teaching in the church. It's because of love for God. I have no personal interest. But when you take this gospel of God, the goodness of God, and you're trying to play tricks, it breaks my heart. So I take it personal, which is the way it should be. Are you getting me? That same way they say your mother fight has begun. That's the same way it should be. And more so. You know, you read the Bible. Do you know that from Timothy, uh, 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, the book of Jude, all they were dealing with were false apostles who were contaminating this goodness of God, the gospel. Praise the Lord. So when I was seeing this messy thing, messy thing, messy, I said, even some people even put uh, um, A.H. after his name. Do you understand? And you know, God being so merciful, this same messy and his team was beat by one of the worst teams, Saudi Arabia. That should help you know that Time and chance happens to them all. If anybody is able to get it, just acknowledge God. Enjoy the game and give glory to whom glory is due. They were privileged to win the cup, but they lost their first match to the team that is not even graded. And, you know, as I taught on it, God said, this is why men will be judged, because we have the capacity to give worship. So when you now say, I ah, know I can't worship anybody, but the people who are doing this messy, everything, you know, messy, messy, messy. When you tell them about God, when they come before God, you see them feeling like, I don't owe him anything. But you have devoted your time, your passion, all of that, you know, to exalting and celebrating a man. I mean, by all means, acknowledge what God has done in him, but don't get God jealous. May God forgive us our trespasses in Jesus' name. You know, life is about learning lessons. For me, the first thing I saw is that this life is not balanced. If we were to treat this as a mathematician, you know, so Argentina won the World Cup, isn't it? But Saudi Arabia won Argentina. So Saudi Arabia is a greater than. And these are things that if you think, you see that nothing, you humble yourself. They didn't play that much to lose. I hope you know that. I didn't watch the match. I wish I, I planned. I was hoping I would go and watch that Saudi Arabia-Argentina match. Let me see whether they purposely allowed them to win. They didn't allow them to win. 
They play their best. And Saudi Arabia won. So why are you people making gods out of them? These are men. Hallelujah. Hey, praise Jesus. Okay. Um, when the Christmas season, today is 24th, four days to Christmas. By the mercy of God, we will be here. We'll celebrate on Christmas Day. Praise the Lord. By the mercy of God, if Jesus tarries, we'll celebrate many more Christmases. Praise the Lord. But this is kingdom keys. And the Bible says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. In seasons like this, we have to contend earnestly that we are not carried away. It's very, very important. You see, spiritual things don't have breaks. Are you with me? The devil was asked, what are you doing? What did he say? He says he's walking to and fro. He does not have siesta. The devil does not close for the holiday. He doesn't go on break. He's walking constantly. Our Lord Jesus Christ told us the father is also what? Walking. Now, men may sleep, but the father is not sleeping. Are you with me? So, our sensitivity must be right. And I think it was two Sundays ago that we learned that there are three categories of people, you know, one of the, um, I think that was George Bernard showed that there are three categories of people in a place, those who make things happen, right? And those who know that something happened, and then those who don't even know what happened, okay? The truth is that in every season of life, there are people who know what is going on and are involved, who make things happen, who God works with. And for us as Christians, as believers in God, in this time, which group should we belong to? We should belong to that group of those who make things happen. We are not the people who are looking and seeing what happened. Because at every point in time, the Bible says God is running to and fro upon the whole earth. What is he doing? He's searching for men whose hearts are loyal, that he might use them, that he might show himself strong on their behalf. Okay? So the first thing I just want to mention is that there's a Christmas that heaven celebrates all the time. You know that Christmas? It is a Christmas of the salvation of a sinner. And I pray that in this season, we all will give heaven Christmas. Amen? I pray that it will be part of your desire as you make plans, as you look forward to all the holiday things we are all going to do. I want you to desire that before the passage of this season, as before the end of the year, by you and through you, somebody will come to a saving knowledge of Jesus. So that heaven can rejoice. Heaven is not rejoicing because federal government gave us two days public holiday. Heaven is not rejoicing because the office is closing or because you go vacation. But heaven will rejoice when a sinner is saved through you. Praise the Lord somebody. Hallelujah. Okay. So we want to see a few things you know, in some persons here. Yeah? The, the Bible says in Galatians 4 verse 4. It says when the fullness of time had come. God sent for the son, born of a woman, born on that Lord. This is what happened at Christmas. It was the time that Jesus came in, you know, to be born of a woman. And if you look at this in, any, I think, any other NLT, ERV, they say the right time. Amplified will say the proper time and the right time. Okay? It says when the right time came. And as I looked at this, I saw that this right time was not a chronological time. 
but it wasn't a date that came it was a proper setting of all that god needed to do this that came praise the lord so we are able to celebrate christmas you know christmas the birth of our lord and savior jesus christ took place two thousand years ago because the right combination of things were ready and at that point what happened it took place when the fullness of time when the right time came god sent for his son it was his desire remember in the spirit the bible says christ had been slain from when the foundation of the world so his existence predated that but to be born and introduced into the world his scenario was necessary and they needed all the parties ready so this evening we're going to look at some we may not be able to look at all but we're going to look at one or two or three of them praise the lord so that we can find the things that happened the things that these people knew the way these people responded so that it can guide us praise the lord in this season because god is doing something praise the lord god is doing something the bible says to us romans 15 verse 4 it says these things were written okay for our learning for whatever things we are written before we are written for our learning that we what through the patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope everything documented in this season of the birth of our lord and savior jesus is relevant to me now is relevant to you now praise god because jesus is being born in men's heart the kingdom of god is being built as we are praise the lord heaven is still expecting that scenarios circumstances situations are put together for the perfecting of his will we are in a country now and at this time in our country god is about to do something how many of us can sense that god is about to do something and you and i must you know have that understanding and attitude of the people that god uses in seasons like this let's also look at first corinthians 10 11 saying the same thing it says now and all these things happened to them as examples and they were written for our admonition for our encouragement for our advice upon whom the ends of the ages so these things happened they were written so that in our own time the things that happened to them and was recorded concerning them will guide us praise the lord somebody so the first one i want us to look at today is zacharias and elizabeth and we find their story in luke chapter 1 from verse 5 okay how many of us know that god needed a zacharias and an elizabeth before jesus could be born because there had to be a john the baptist there had to be a forerunner okay so there are things that god wants to do in our lives in our families in our nation in our church that he needs a Zacharias and an Elizabeth. Let's see the story of those people. We won't read all, we'll read a bit, and then we'll see what we learn from them. Verse 5, Luke 1 verse 5, it says, There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias, of the division of Abijah. His wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the lord blameless but they had no child because elizabeth was barren and they were both well advanced in years eight so it was that while he was serving as a priest before god in the order 
of his division. According to the custom of priesthood, of the priesthood, his Lord failed to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. Praise the Lord. There is a mouthful here. Okay. So God recorded this people's life, this people's testimony. You know, Matthew didn't tell us about them. A few of the other persons didn't tell us. But it was recorded by Luke for somebody. Now, the Bible says concerning Zacharias and Elizabeth, the first thing we pick here is that after giving us their names and, you know, their families, 6 says, and they were both what? Righteous before God. They were both righteous before God. Okay? Righteous before God. Walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord, what? Blameless. Praise the Lord. This is a good testimony. All right? But the first admonition we want to pick from there in this Christmas season is that the people who played this critical role, this was their situation. Seven says, but they had no child. And you're listening to me now and you want to kill yourself that you have no money. You don't have this or that. You don't have this or that. And you're putting a question mark to your relationship with God, to God's faithfulness to you. They were both righteous. Many of us can't give this, can't have this testimony. Blameless. Yet, they had no child. Praise the Lord. But we see, as we read on in this story, that this was part of God's plan. I don't know if anybody's hearing me today. It says they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord, blameless, but they had no child. What does it say to me? It's saying that what I don't have or what I may have desired. They wanted a child. They were praying for a child. That's why when the angel approached Zechariah, he said, your prayer is heard. So it was a prayer he was making. Now, why God had not answered him, he didn't know. Praise the Lord. But on his part, he was blameless. So the only explanation to Zacharias and Elizabeth not having a child was that God had his plan for them. So for somebody listening, for somebody watching, Christmas is a season where you look at the lives of this man and see that when God is interested in your life and he picks you up, he reserves the right to alter your agenda for his agenda. Praise the Lord, somebody. I'm talking to Christians. You know, because I've passed those stage where I'll come here and start trying to shout so that you believe God will do it before Christmas or before the end of the year. That's your calendar. God has his calendar. Now, the choice is to pull out of his hands, to disengage from his own plan. Because the Bible says, and you and I know that all things work together for good to those who love God and that they called according to his word. To his purpose. If once you have engaged into his purpose, then you are free to desire, you are free to wish, but let him agree when he wants it to be done. Because you see this uh, Zacharias and Elizabeth, they were both righteous, walking in all the commandments, blameless. I like the part when the Bible said, verse 8 says, So it was that while he was serving, that means he never ceased to serve, even though his desire was not granted. There are many believers who started the year 
who you know went on in the year, but now it's as though their desire has not been granted, and they're turning back. And the question is this: Who are you turning to? Who are you going to? You have Zenit account. Zenit app is not working. Do you download GT Bank account? Is that what you do? You download their app and it's working, and then your account number is not even there. What are you going to do? You know, I'm always amazed, you know, when you see, you know, believers just, you know, just floundering and fainting and, you know, at this time of the year, you're wondering, what, what's up with you? What's going on? Think, think. Zacharias and Elizabeth, there was nothing more to add. They were both righteous. Concerning all the commandments, what? Blameless. Child of God, the only thing you are to do is what? To keep serving. He says it was while he was what? Serving. Put Galatians 6, 9 on for us on the screen. Let's learn the lesson. It says, let us not grow what? Weary while doing good. For in due season we shall reap. You know, English language is also read mathematically. Do you know you don't reap if you miss the last part it says in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart if we lose heart we cancel the due season it means you're doing good when weariness comes you encourage yourself in the lord one of the songs that really blessed me as a young christian unfortunately we don't sing it you know often now why you don't cast my soul put your hope in god you see, you encourage yourself. Why? Because losing heart will nullify your due season. This was Zacharias and Elizabeth's due season. Isn't it? They didn't find him in the house. The angel didn't go to his house. The angel didn't go to the farm. The angel didn't go to where guys hang out. The angel didn't go to where old men play a draft. To locate a backsliding priest. He came to where he ought to be. And he met him there. In fact, the angel didn't meet him in the outer court. He met him inside, in the inner court. People outside didn't know what was going on. Lord, I need encouragement. Lord, I need encouragement. Come for the appointment. Praise the Lord. This is what we see here. Let us not grow weary while doing good. I'm not doing good again. You've lost heart. The scripture says, for in due season we do what? We reap. If we do not lose heart. We will not lose heart in the name of Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. So it says, while he was serving as priest before God, he came to his Lord to burn incense. And then he went in. It was that place that the appointment was reserved. That's where the angel went. The angel wasn't scouting everywhere. So, be encouraged, child of God. Be encouraged, daughter of Zion. Be encouraged, son of the Most High God. Praise the Lord. God knows where you've been serving. God knows what you're praying about. Notice for that particular day, Zacharias wasn't praying for his son. That day, he was ministering on the behalf of the people. And the angel interrupted his ministration and said, That thing you desire, I brought the answer for you. God knows where you are. And like we'll say here and sing about here, nobody can love you more than God. Nobody can want good for you more than God. The best anybody can do for you is to help you to keep with God. Praise the Lord. 
The greatest good anybody can do for you is to encourage you to keep with God, to be with God, to wait on God. That's why the scripture says, wait on God, I say, and be of what? Good courage. Wait on God. That's the best thing anybody can do. Whether times are is getting tougher and tougher and tougher. You know, the truth is this. You know, as a man, if somebody can be going through something, going through something. If you ask me, maybe as your pastor, as a man, I might be so overwhelmed with what you're going through that I might encourage you to step back a bit. But it's not good advice. Nothing better than waiting on God. Because it says those that wait upon the Lord, what will happen to them? They renew their strength. If you speak to a man, a man will say, take a break. He shows you the compassion of a man, but it comes short of the standard of God. God will say, keep pushing. Keep pushing. In athletics, there's something that is called the second wind. How many of us have experienced it? Second wind is when you're running, it gets to a stage where you're almost fainting. It is said that if you stop then, okay. But if you press on, there's a fresh, you know, burst of energy that enters into you. And you run like you have never run before. But if you don't make that press, you never experience it. It's the same thing with spiritual things. Zechariah, look at the things that gave him reasons not to be in this place. He was well advanced in age. Brethren, priesthood had age limits. Maybe they were scarce then. That's why they allowed this old man to be seven. There was an age that he would get to their same weight. But this man was so old, he was still seven. Somebody say, I receive wisdom. Praise the Lord. Okay. We look at another uh, person that played. This one is very suitable for our time. And it, it encouraged me. Let's jump to Luke chapter 2 verse 1. Luke chapter 2 verse 1. It says, And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. Praise the Lord. The Lord said, you know, Look at what is going on here. For the fullness of time and the fulfillment of every prophecy concerning Jesus' birth, our Lord's birth, to be fulfilled, Mary and Joseph had to be in a particular location. So God had found Zacharias, had found Elizabeth, okay? Elizabeth was Mary's cousin, senior cousin, okay? And had found Mary, had found all of them. But the people he found, hallelujah, were not living in the place where prophecy said he had to be born. Are you with me? So, you know what God did? God made a king issue a universal decree just so that one family could be in a particular location according to prophecy. Let me tell you, there is no circumstance of yours that is lost on God. The song says, he moves mountains, causes walls to fall. God is big. You see, this reminds, you know, of the things that are happening in our country. Change of currency, change of policy. Let them be changing everything that changes. Let us remain in the center of God's agenda. It will work for our good. Caesar Augustus issued a decree. He didn't know why. Wherever he is, I wish he made it to heaven. I don't know. If he reads the scripture now, he'll say, ah, was that why? He didn't know why. They get up and decree something. And they say, I'm the king. I said it. Who is the king? Let me show you who handles the king. Proverbs 21 verse 1. 
When you understand these things, you don't joke with your relationship with God. You don't joke with the place we have in God. It says the king's heart is where? Is in the hand of the Lord like the rivers of water. What does he do? He turns it wherever he wishes. So they ban, they decree, they cancel, they do this. You have direct access to the source of power. Caesar Augustus issued a decree. Look at this statement. It says that all the world should be registered. And he must have felt so powerful when he was issuing it. Not knowing that he just needed to direct, send a message to Mary and Joseph. Please go back home. That was all. But that was the level God got involved. Child of God, our God reigns. Christmas lets us know that what? Our God reigns. He reigns. He reigns over every situation. The little and the big. Universal and local. Our God reigns. He's almighty. Praise the Lord somebody. So, when you go to pray, know that whatever it is that decree, you're in the office and they're saying this is a new policy in the office. Go to the God who inspires and constrains men. When you speak to him and he looks at your record and says that this will not work for the good of you who is called according to his purpose, he will be overthrown. But when it is for your good, it will stay. That is the God we serve. Praise the Lord somebody. Okay, we'll look at another one here. An often ignored player in this scheme of events. But very essential. His name is Joseph. You know, for us men that are here, is it us men or women? Okay, let me use women so that it will capture both of us. For women that are here, right? So for women and for you women. (laughs) Praise God. Joseph is an interesting and challenging, you know, um, partner in this game. You see, Matthew chapter 1 verse 18. It says, now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly 20 but while he thought about these things behold an angel of the lord appeared to him in a dream saying joseph son of david do not be afraid to take to you mary your wife for that which is conceived in her is of the holy spirit and she'll bring forth a son and you joseph shall call his name jesus for he will save his people from their sins praise the lord now, we said that when the Bible says in the fullness of time, it meant that God had everybody ready who will play the way he wants to, it to be played. Now, look at Joseph. Joseph was the man that God prepared to cover Mary in this period. You see, it was a combination that was difficult to find. Mary had to be a virgin. But Mary was going to bring forth a child. I seen it. 
If it was just any wife, it wouldn't have been difficult. But Mary had to be a virgin. So it had to be a virgin who was betrothed. So that when this child comes, there can be a father covering. Praise the Lord. Now, I don't know which man here would opt to have a virgin betrothed to you. And then she carries a pregnancy. And you're smiling and looking at her. Such a man is not found. Such a man is not found. But you see, like we began to learn in our, uh, from our anniversary, it's a different spirit that we're talking about. This is the real different spirit. Under Jewish laws and customs, the night of the uh, consummation of marriage, there had to be a stained sheet to prove that this marriage has what? Properly been consummated. Joseph lost that. You know? And you know the Bible also tells us that Joseph did not know her until she gave birth to Jesus. Brethren, <laughs> well, we thank God that nobody is worshipping Joseph. Because I think what he did was even more difficult than what Mary did. What he did? Self-control. If we're going to, you know, be instruments and vessels in this season that God is working, oh, our self-control gauge has to go up. Joseph had a wife, and you know, if your wife has been pregnant, you know how it is. All the disturbances, you know. I want a shawarma by 4 a.m. By the time the shawarma comes, it's uh, I want pier. Uh-huh. You know how it is. And he's doing all of that and no payment. That's what it took for us to have Christmas. If he didn't do that, we wouldn't have Christmas. That's what it took. He found the fiancé, you know, unquote, guilty. And the Bible said, being a just man. This spoke to me because it said being a just man, okay? Being a just man means he should not cover her illegitimate child, isn't it? But there was a dimension to his justness. He said he did not want to make her a public example. So, whether Joseph was going to step out of the marriage, he was going to do that. Because that's what being a just man was. He won't cover iniquity. But then, how do you not do it? He said he won't make it public. That was what saved the day. That was what he was thinking when the angel now appeared to him. What it means is that when you're rash, you miss divine direction. Even though you're right. That's why I said human beings... Oh, God has to help us to be humble. Because many times, you're like, whoa, 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 thinking you're so right. Meanwhile, you have been come so wrong on technical grounds. You have become so wrong. You know, the Bible is deep. The Bible says, if a man sins, it says, you that are spiritual should what? Should correct him. He says, but in a spirit of gentleness, lest you. So, if my brother does wrong, and I'm correcting him, and I don't correct with the right spirit. I myself have become guilty. So while you're seeing somebody doing wrong, you're praying for yourself, Lord, let me not do wrong in the correction. Is somebody getting it? Especially for married people here now. The way you talk to your spouse or when you feel that they're wrong, you even become wronger. And you lose the whole case. You lose the grounds for your right. That's what we saw in Joseph. I think it's um, NLT or ERV. He broke it down for us. Sorry, the Living Bible. 
It says, when Joseph, her fiancé, being a man of stern principle. So that was principle. Okay? But he said, decided to break the engagement. But, that's what I like. But to do it. So, do right, but do it right. <laughs> do right, but do it right. I get it now. Do right. Do what is right. But do it in the way that is right. That's what Joseph told us. And that was what he was thinking. Verse 20 says, while he thought how to master this combination. That was when the angel could speak to him. Some of us, from the moment we saw the stomach. Ah! Mobile. You call the whole family. They were right. Before you know you are wrong, that time pride has come in. You can't even step back. You won't even be able to hear the angel again. And things have spoiled. So what we're learning is to meditate. No matter how things look. You know, most times, things are not the way they appear. They are not. Most times, things are not the way they appear. They are not. It takes, you know, a man who allows God to give him the true picture of things. That's what Joseph is teaching us. And because of that, an angel said, this is what you have with you. Your privilege, Joseph. It's an honor, Joseph. You're going to name the son of God. He says she's going to bring forth a child by the Holy Spirit. And you, Joseph, shall call him. So the first person that called Jesus, Jesus, was Joseph. What a privilege. But he took a man who died to himself. Somebody said, Lord, give me grace to be humble. You see, because if not, he can't use you. The devil will quickly use you. But God can't use a man who is not humble. God can't. You see, the key thing, you know, for me in this whole Christmas story is that all the people who were involved didn't have their way. That's it. So we must be careful to how we want to have our way. And we must be careful to the Christianity that is all about me having my way. Because if all the people who brought the gospel to us had their way, we wouldn't have it. Not one of them. Not one of them had their way. Is it Mary that would choose by the time she's getting married? Instead of, you know, People even starve so that they can wear wedding gown. Okay? Is it Mary that will choose that path? Answering questions everywhere. Sister, um, is it not? <laughs> Everybody's calculating. Do you understand? Who would have chosen that? But God chose them so that you and I can be saved. In this season of Christmas, may my way shift for God's way to be done. That's what it is. Now, all these people are happier now. But then, it might have been a bit of a struggle. The truth is this. The Bible is very clear. Hebrews 12, verse 2. It says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was with him, the true Christian, the joy that he rejoices in is the joy that is set before him. Because, you see, we are on a journey. The Bible says, our lives are hid in Christ. The true Christian, you see, is somebody who is seeing the joy. And because of the joy he can see then, he's triumphing over situations and circumstances now. He's making choices, not based on immediate, we, we call it an immediate gain. He's, he's making choices, not based on the immediate He's judging, he's choosing, he's selecting, he's enduring, he's going, not because of now. He's seen a joy ahead of him. 
Because of that, we have a Christmas. Even our Lord Jesus Christ, what did he see? What will make him come to the earth? For the joy. And for every one of us to follow his path. That's what we learn. That there is a glory. A greater glory. We keep looking at it. As we keep looking at it, grace is giving us for the hour. Grace is giving us for the moment. And as we look at that greater glory, what God helps us do is that we become instruments of his light and life to everywhere we pass. So everybody you come in touch, there is a fragrance you release because you're somebody looking for greater glory. Let me tell you, one of the ways you can measure carnality and spirituality is the carnal looks for now. The spiritual knows that there is more to come. It's as simple as that. We can understand it when we're training children, isn't it? We're telling the children, do this, do this because of your future. The future you're talking to a child about is a future of 15 years. If the child is 10, you're talking about 15 years from now, isn't it? Read your books, pass your exams so you can get a good job. Isn't that what we tell them? But for us, there's a greater dimension that if you spend 90 years, the Apostle Paul says, he says, I'm ready to be poured out as a drink offering. He says, I've run the race, I've finished my course. He says, there's nothing more. He says, I'm looking for the glorious appearing. I'm looking for when my master will come. I'm looking forward to that crown of righteousness, which he's going to give to me. Not just me alone, but as many as love is appearing. That is what he lived his life for. And that's probably 90 years. Let's even say 100 years. Let's even say 120 years. But the joy he has entered is a forever joy. And then the blessing to us is also what? A forever blessing. Which one is smart? Who is wise? Let's give now. Let's learn to let the moment pay for a glory that is greater in future. Let's rise on our feet. That is Christmas. Father, we thank you. You know, God in his wisdom has chosen that everything he's going to do on earth, he will still be using men and women. So Mary, Joseph, Zechariah, Elizabeth, all of them... You know, that were used. They lived in their time. They've done their own. Today, God is doing something. Praise the Lord. God is doing something. And what he wants now is to use you in your office. To use you in your home. To use you in your family. This is Christmas time. Okay, so many of us are going to be gathering. God is going to use you to bring a different dimension, you know, to the way the dynamics of that home. Of that house. Maybe it was all chaos, it was all hatred, it was all quarrel. You bring a depth of humility and love that will just scatter every desire of the wicked one. Praise the Lord. That's what he wants to do. God wants to do something. God is doing something. Christmas has taken place 2,000 years ago, the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus. But there are sons of God, there are daughters of Zion everywhere that God is saying, I want to pass through you. I want to walk through you. Tonight, let's first of all thank him that we ourselves have been beneficiaries of this gift. Let's thank him for the men that have gone before us. Let's thank him for the life and the devotion and the humility and the sacrifice of the Josephs, of those who preached the gospel to us, of Zacharias and Elizabeth. Let's thank him for the testimonies of these people that have gone ahead, even those that brought the gospel to Nigeria. You know, sometimes I just thank God that missionaries left where Jabai now to UK, to Europe, to Canada. Missionaries left those places and came here when we were all forest and mosquitoes and brought us the gospel. Lord, I thank you. 
for these men that left, you know, their better worlds and came here to bring us the gospel. Men over time have been given so that the love of God can be shed abroad, so that the love of God can be experienced, so that the light of God can shine, so that darkness can be, you know, driven away. People have been doing this over time. Lord, I thank you. Lord, we thank you that we stand today as your children in the light, knowing Jesus, knowing the true God, being delivered from the power of darkness, having this relationship. When God looks at you now, He's rejoicing over you. He calls us kings and priests unto himself. This is what he delights in. But it goes further than that. He brings you into his heartbeat. We started by saying Christmas happens in heaven. He says there's rejoicing in heaven over one sinner. So God has brought us in. And he's whispering to you. He's whispering to me. The Bible says concerning our Lord Jesus Christ that he will see of the travails of his soul and be satisfied. He's looking that through me, through you, through us, that, you know, the life of God, the love of God, the goodness of God, the kindness of God will be shared abroad everywhere. So, Father, tonight I thank you. Thank him for counting you worthy to be a messenger, to be a carrier. The Bible says how beautiful are the feet of those who bring glad tidings of good news. Lord, I thank you that we are the ones who in this season, 2022, December Christmas, Christmas, we are carriers of Christmas. Thank you, O Lord, that through me, through my brothers and sisters, through the family of God, we will make Christmas, you know, known everywhere. Father, we thank you. Lord, I thank you. Thank you for this honor and I thank you for this privilege. And I do not take it for granted. We receive the grace to be faithful. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Now I'm going to pray for you. Praise the Lord. You know, we mentioned Zacharias. And we said, at the time the angel met him, Zacharias wasn't praying. Lord, give us a child. You remember what he said? He said, we're too old. But we serve a God who is faithful. Praise the Lord. We serve a God who is on time. We serve a God who makes all things beautiful in its time. God, not one of his faithful promises to you will go unfulfilled. No, he's a father. Praise the Lord. It says, can a mother forget her suckling child? It says, she may forget under extreme circumstances. The mother may forget. He said, but God, tonight, I want you to know that you're not forgotten. God has not forgotten you. In fact, he says, I have you inscribed upon the palms of my hands. Which means he saw you come now. He saw you when you woke up this morning. Now, when men do tattoo, it is analog. God's tattoo is digital. You're moving. He's seen you. He says, I will not allow not one hair to drop. I know about it. I approve it. Today, God is saying to his child, to his daughter, to his son, I know where you are. I know what you're praying about. I know what you have cried about. I know the pain you bear. I know the circumstance you're in. Trust me. That's what he's saying to you. He said, keep on that path. Keep waiting on me. I will surely come through. 
I am a faithful God. I'm a dependable God. They have said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. The psalmist said, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil, for thou art with me. Even though the time is elongated, God has not left you behind. Even though it has dragged, God has not forgotten. He's a faithful God. What he assures you is that until the fulfillment comes, he will give grace. He said, no good thing will you withhold from those who walk up. He will give grace and glory. He will give grace and glory. So I pray for a combination for you today. A grace that will sustain you and for a glory that will manifest. Father, we thank you because you're a faithful God. You're a dependable God, reliable God. No one is like you. No one can be compared to you. You love us beyond compare. You love us beyond description. You are a God who there is none that can be compared to. Tonight, the Father's church says you are faithful. We declare you are reliable. You are dependable. Lord, you showed up, oh Lord. You knew Zacharias and Elizabeth. And in the fullness of time, when you reserved it to be done, you introduced it. You even had to make Zechariah dumb so that you can fulfill that word. Lord, whatever it is that you need to do, Lord, we say, let your glory be revealed. Let your people know that you have been watching them all this while. Lord, thank you for lifting up of the heads. Thank you, Lord, for a revival, oh Lord. Thank you for strength. Thank you, O Lord, Father, for glorious things that you do. And the people who say their God had done wonderful things for them. Whereof they are glad. We give you praise and glory. For in Jesus Christ's name we have prayed. You've been listening to a message by Pastor Ike Naokeke of the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Barnex Guarimpa Expressway, near Next Kashinkari, Abuja. For telephone, 09-290-9000 or 703 You can find us online at www that the Father's Church Online.org. God bless you.